today, what I wanted to do uh, with, uh, let's say, 15 minutes or so uh, that we have remaining in our time together. Uh, oh, it's good, though. You know, I, I said to Andrew, I said, take as much time as you need. This is really important, especially now more than ever, to celebrate graduation, to celebrate the steps that young people that are part of our faith community are taking, whether it's steps of faith, their next step of faith, whether it's in their education, whether it's in their character. It's really, really important. And so what I wanted to do is just really just share a brief encouragement with all of you. And I'm hoping this will be an encouragement to our graduates, regardless of whether you're graduating out of our Pathway Kids program or into university or even into a master's or PhD program. It doesn't really matter. This step of graduation, of taking a next step, is really, really important. So, as usual, I want to start with a definition. I love definitions, and I've got one here from Merriam-Webster on the word graduate. And this is how Merriam-Webster defines this word that we're talking about today. To graduate is to, to pass from one stage of expectation, proficiency, or prestige to a usually higher one. So the, the idea is that when you graduate, you complete a level and you take a step up to the next level. You step into something that is new, something that is higher, and that's exciting. And we, of course, want to celebrate all of our kids, young adults, adults who are taking steps forward, uh, taking steps to where um, they want to be. My, my sermon title this morning is really simple. It's just, it's called Climbing Higher, Climbing Higher. And I, I want to use the climbing theme because obviously as you climb, you're move, progressing upwards. And that's essentially what we want, again, for, if you have kids, you want that for your kids. If you have grandkids, you want that. If you're an aunt or an uncle, that's, that's what you want to see for the younger generations, them taking steps and climbing higher. But guess what? God wants every single one of us, regardless of our age, regardless of our stage of life, to continue to take steps higher. And so we're celebrating this sort of graduation ceremonies. And I got a little slide here that says the importance of graduation ceremonies. And uh, Andrew mentioned a few of these, but let me just highlight just a couple reasons why it's important to stop and actually celebrate people taking their next steps. There there are three things that I came up with. Um, The first is that when someone graduates, when you have a ceremony, a graduation ceremony, it really represents that someone is taking a next step. It's like that level is complete and you're going to a new level. You're stepping out into something new, something that is unknown. It's helpful to know when a transition is happening, right? So a graduation ceremony says, hey, something's changing. And I was at, uh, this past week, I had the opportunity to be at my son. I was graduating out of grade 8, and he was heading off to high school and seeing my son with all his friends and just, you know, saying goodbye and knowing that there's like this new exciting adventure ahead, but almost wishing you could stay where you were because it's so comfortable and wonderful and familiar. And so graduation is this moment to go, yeah, we're going to celebrate what you've accomplished and where you've been, and we're going to uh, be excited about what is coming next. The second thing is that it, um, it's a moment where others can acknowledge our accomplishments, right? It's like, there's something like when you know, hey, I've completed this level and I'm ready for the next level. That's one thing for you to know it. It's something else when someone comes along and goes, congratulations, you have accomplished what you needed to. You have learned the necessary skills. You are ready for the next level, whether that's a teacher, a coach, a pastor, someone, a parent, someone in your life that says, hey, you have successfully completed this level and you're ready to move on. So uh, the last one is that uh, graduation service milestone moments or mile markers. You know, so on the highway, you have these mile markers every mile, every kilometer down the highway. And it allows you to know where you are. And so when a student graduates out of grade 8, out of high school, they've finished uh, their bachelor degree. These are mile marker moments that are, are set. There's a date, there's a graduation, you wear a hat, you throw it. And you can look back on that date and go, right there, I accomplished it. It was affirmed by others. And now I'm moving forward and building from that place. Uh, that's why these things are so important. Now, one of the things I, I noticed as I thought about this 
Because let me, I'm talking to the kids, let me talk to the adults. Um, I've noticed that once you're done school and you start your career, there's very few mile marker moments. Have you noticed this? Like when you're a kid, it's like, I'm in grade one and I graduated and I'm going to grade two and you jump over a skipping rope and everyone cheers and you're like, yes, next level. Once you're an adult and you're graduated from school and you've got your diploma, your trade and you start, there's like, there's very few mile marker moments that go, hey, you've leveled up. There's just very few, which... Which I think can be discouraging. And so, like, when you become a parent, it's like this, you jump over this huge rope and you're like, I'm a parent. And you're, you're drowning. And then, (laughs) and then, and then you stop drowning. You're like, I think I got this. And then they turn two and you're drowning again. But nobody ever gives you a sticker and like, you just leveled up to a level two parent. Like, you were a level one and you've completed, like, you survived the first year. You now get a level two. You know, you should get like, like the army, you know, they have the military, they have all those like rows and stripes. I don't know what they mean, but if they have a lot, they're important, right? And wouldn't it be cool if in life we had that, you know, uh, you know, your kid, you know, <laughs> I finally made it through my first teenager. It's like, boom, I got a level 12 parenting award, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And well, don't cheer yet. We're still waiting to see, you know, uh, <laughs> Because that's the thing that people are telling me as we launch our first young adult into the world, people are like, hey, it's not over. You're still in this thing. Uh, it's going to keep going for another couple decades or more. Um, so wouldn't it be amazing, though, if you could just like level up as a parent or as a friend or if there were character awards like you're 30 years old and you make the right choice and it's hard, but you sacrifice and someone comes along and is like, here's a sticker to add to your wall of stuff on your chest. You have great character. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could graduate in our faith? Because, hey, in this room, in this room, if we could put like levels, like say out of 10, there would be like everyone, if we talk about your faith in the Lord, your knowledge of scripture, your trust in God, the things you've experienced, your, your discipline, like all of those things, we could like, everyone could get graded and we could all have levels. Thankfully, it was like, thankfully they don't have levels, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to see my little single little blip or whatever. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't it be cool if you knew when you like took it to level three faith and level four faith? And that's really cool. As kids, we get all these opportunities like, oh, I got a certificate for piano and I'm grade three conservatory and I'm grade six in this and I'm, I'm a year ahead in math and they, they know all the levels and they keep graduating and pushing forward. And the point I'm trying to make is that as adults, we don't get that. We, we don't have anyone kind of necessarily cheering us on in our faith and our relationships and all these areas. And yet, and yet, God desires for us to continue to step, to continue to graduate in every area of our life. So what I want to do is I want to read a passage of scripture that's found in 1 Timothy. Let me set it up before we read it. Uh, Paul the Apostle uh, is, uh, is a leader in the early church. He's an apostle to those who are not Jews, uh, to the Gentile people. And, and Paul uh, takes a young man under his wing named Timothy. And Paul's training him and discipling him and preparing him to be uh, an evangelist and a pastor. Okay, and so he is still, we're going to see in the text, he's still a young man. Now he's an adult. (laughs) He's obviously qualified to be a pastor, but he's younger than many of the people he's leading, which can be super intimidating for anyone. And Paul is going to encourage him that even though he's in a position of leadership and ministry, that he is to continue to level up, to continue to graduate, not only in his character, in his love and in his faith, but also to continue to grow in his gift. And and I want you to see these words, and and we'll pick up a few things uh, from our text. So Paul says this to Timothy. He's writing to, let's imagine, a 25-year-old man who's pastoring a church of, of older, more experienced people. And he says, let no one despise you for your youth. 
You know, I've, I've learned that it is not, um, age isn't always the determining factor. I've met 14-year-olds who are more mature than some of the 40-year-olds I've worked with. Not here at the church, in other places. Um, I've met... I've met, I've met kids who are 15 years old who have incredible knowledge and skill in sports and athletics that adults can't even. So it's not, if age isn't always the thing, right? You can, remember the show, uh, Doogie Howser, MD? <laughs> Perfect example, right? You have this kid who's brilliant, is able to do things. Um, it's not real, but you get the idea. Let no one despise you for your youth. He's like, don't, don't be intimidated by your age. And here's why. He says, but set the believers an example in. He's like, so you're to lead these people, regardless of your age. You're to lead them in your speech, what comes out of your mouth. This is a good encouragement for all of us, I think. In conduct, how you treat people, how you behave. People are watching. In love, this is the motivations behind what you do. In faith, your trust in God, your belief in him, and in purity. He's like, I want you to level up in these areas. And as you lead other people, I want you to continue to strive to go to the next level in these areas. And as you do, it qualifies you to lead other people. He continues. He says this, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortations, big word that means encouragement, and to teaching. Paul says, I want you to, you're an evangelist and a pastor. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read the scriptures. I want you to encourage the people and I want you to teach them the Bible. This is your job. This is your role. So continue to do that. He continues with this. He says, do not neglect the gift you have. And I think it's important to stop there. I believe that every single person, whether you're six or seven years old or 75, you have a gift. You have things that God has equipped you with. Spiritual gifts, we'd talk about that, but natural gifts, gifts of leadership, gifts of helps, gifts of encouragement, uh, gifts of, uh, intellect, all of these things. And God has given you gifts to help the people in your family, in your circle, at your work, but also in this church community. You have something. I believe everyone has some, something to contribute. And part of the joy of the journey of faith is figuring out what it is that God has wired and gifted you with and being able to step into that and begin to use it for the sake of others. He says, don't neglect the gift you have. And he says, this, this is a little confusing this next part of the passage, it says, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And the best I can determine, it's, it's this, that um, as Timothy was heading out to become a pastor, the elders at the local church affirmed and spoke over him. That's what prophecy is, to proclaim. And they proclaimed over Timothy, you have a gift to be a pastor, to be an evangelist, and we're behind you. And they put their hands on him and they prayed for him, just like we were praying for the graduates today. And we're like, you've got this. We're behind you. Go and do your ministry. That's what happened. And he's like, don't forget that graduation moment when those elders prayed for you and spoke these words over you. This is your call. This is your gift. Go and do it. He continues. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. So again, Paul's like, say, Timothy, you're qualified. You graduated. You're in this role. Keep going. Keep progressing. And everyone will see it. And he he finishes with this. And then I'm going to share a few ideas with you. He says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and others. He says, as you do your ministry, it's going to impact both you and the people around you. So as I said, uh, my, my little encouragement is entitled climb higher. And I want to share just a quick story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my, my daughter who is, um, 17 going on 18 soon, she really wanted to go high ropes climbing. 
and she wanted to take her cousin for a birthday, so we got passes and all that, and we were waiting for the weather to be right, and so a couple weeks ago, I got to, I got to take her and, and my niece, and we went to this high course. I've never done this before, so of course, it's a new experience, and a sermon comes out of it. That's basically how it works. <laughs> Halfway through the course, my niece is like, you're going to preach about this, aren't you? I said, yes. Um, so here's her picture. I got a little photo. Here, here we are. Uh, we arrived at the course, and they got us hooked up in the harness, and we got these little clicker things, of course, and so some of you have done this before, so essentially you always want to have one point of contact so that if you fall or slip, you're connected to something, and so you have to click on and then click on and off, and so uh, before we got started, you can see the beginner course behind us, we had to, uh, you know, it's basically like on the ground, and you're just kind of moving along the wires, and then we did like this zip line that was like, <laughs> I'm trying my feet, not dragging on the ground, but this is a beginner course, and the point was to learn the basic skills of how to do the high ropes. Well, once we completed the beginner course, we went into the forest and we started on level one. All right. And I got a picture here. Level one. You can see we're about four feet off the ground. You're kind of walking on a wire. You got something to hold on to. And we made it through no problem. And so we're progressing through level one. We're helping each other. We're figuring out how to collect the stuff. And we quickly got through level ones. Like that was easy. And they're like, okay, you're ready for level two. And so we went to level two. And, and of course, a level two is more difficult. You have to use more strategy, you're higher off the ground, but we didn't even notice because we were so enthralled and engaged with what we were doing. It's like, how do we get through this one? Okay, step on that, lean here. And so we're making our way through. Finally, there was this moment where um, we, got, we got through so quickly that they're like, okay, if we, you guys have time to do the advanced level course. And now, of course, I'm competitive. I'm like, sweet. Of course we did. Yes, let's do it. So we climb up this huge rock wall, and then we're up in the forest. And these obstacles were hard. Like, you're standing on stuff, and it's wobbling, and, you, and you are, our hands are just burning from trying to hold on to the ropes and all these things. So we're getting through, and there was this moment about halfway through. I got a picture of the obstacle. It's gonna, you're not going to really get the context, but it was about a 150-foot bridge over about 30 feet of a kind of a gorge. And the wind picked up as I was in the middle of it. And it was like, I'm doing this and I'm hanging on for dear life. And I had this moment where I stopped and I was like, I don't like heights. <laughs> I, I, like I literally, I don't like heights. I forgot because I was so engaged. I was like, so I'm just like, yes, we could do this. And I got out there and I'm swinging around. I'm looking, I'm like, what am I doing up here? You know, because I was just like putting one foot in front, just doing the thing. And all of a sudden it's like, I shouldn't be up here. And, and then it dawned on me, okay, there was a couple things that dawned on me that I'm going to share with you because I think they're so important for all of us as we level up. It's like, I decided at that point, it's like, I'm stuck out here. My only option, like these things are swinging in the wind, is just put one foot in front of me and just keep moving. Just get one step and one step. And one step, and eventually I made it across, right? And then I'm cheering the girls on behind, like, why are you so scared? Come on, it's easy, you know. But we eventually got through the entire course, and as I reflected back on, you know, how did we get through the obstacles? How did we get through it? And I want to share with you three, really quickly, three keys uh, to climbing higher, three keys to climbing higher. And this is true for everybody, whether you're a kid, whether you're 80 years old, doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, if you want to go to the next level, there, these three simple things will help you. And there's nothing new here. This isn't rocket science, but I hope these things will encourage you. The, the first one is this, that we need to focus on the next step. Sometimes we get so caught up in what's out there. And it's amazing how much you can accomplish when you take one step at a time where you look right in front of you and you just go, yeah, I can do that. And sometimes uh, we, we try to look out. There's nothing wrong with planning ahead. Five and ten years and we're freaking out. And how is this all going to work? But sometimes we just have to take a step, and we just have to take the next step that's right in front of us. Do you know, um, 
as I thought about this, I, you know, succeeding at the level you're currently at is what prepares you for the next level. Getting a graduation certificate doesn't mean you're ready for the next level. It's all the work you did to get the certificate that makes you ready for the next level. And if you want to move to the next level in your faith, you have to succeed and learn the lessons at the level that you're currently at. Otherwise, you won't be prepared for what's coming next, right? Like if you're in grade nine mathematics, you have to know algebra. You have to know order of operations and some of those things because when you get to grade 10 mathematics, that's a prerequisite. There are things that if you didn't learn them there, you're not going to be able to figure out what gets built upon it. And it's the same thing in our faith, in every area of our life, relationally. We have to succeed at the level we're at. And so sometimes people are like, I want to get to the next level. I want to be a level 10. Well, why don't you just learn how to succeed at the level you're at? And as you do that, it prepares you to take a step. Focus on the next step. Sometimes we want to jump two steps ahead, but we have to just take the step that's in front of us. I was thinking about a passage of scripture. Um, it's found in the Psalms. And it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It's this idea that by reading the scriptures and turning to God, he will actually reveal what's right in front of you and the next step to take. There have been many times in my life where I've looked and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years, but I do usually know what God wants me to do today, this week. God will put his finger on something. It's like, hey, Nate, you need to work on that. He calls me Nate. (laughs) Hey, work on that. Work on that. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's no big deal. I'll get to that. But what I really want to do is get there. He's like, yeah, work on that. This is your next step. And sometimes we're like, God, where are you leading me? And what's next? And who am I going to marry? And where am I going to be in five years? And what job should I take? And which province should I live in? And those are big questions. And some of you may be wrestling with them. But God is always going to reveal the next step. And it's usually a small step of faith and trust that you and I need to to take. So taking the next step. um, I always say this. uh, Faithfulness at this level prepares you for the next. And also, uh, this is a statement that I've shared lots with young adults. If you can throw up the next slide for me. When you don't know what to do, work on you. It's so simple. When you don't know what to do, work on you. Work on your character. Work on your skills. Work on your relationships. Work on your knowledge of God and others. Why? Because wherever you go next, guess who's going with you? You. Right? You, you can have a new relationship, but same you. You can switch schools, but you're still there. You can marry somebody else. You're still in the marriage. Like, so the thing that you can control and work on is you. And so by, by saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take my next step to level up in the areas that God's leading me to. And I, I, it won't steer you wrong. Here's the second thing. Don't climb alone. As I was up there, I thought this would be way worse if I was by myself, right? Knowing that there are people watching people, cheering me on, people encouraging me, and there were so many times that we just naturally were like, hey, step on that, lean there. This is how I did it. And we're just coaching and encouraging. And I feel really sad when people go through life alone and when people face challenges, relationship challenges, they're struggling with their mental health. And all of those things are part of life, but you don't have to climb alone. You don't have to do it on your own. I was so glad that there was a guide, you know, standing at some of the difficult obstacles, giving us advice because we shouldn't, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be alone. It's, it's amazing what happens when we have, when we have people around us, people encouraging us. Um, this, about a week and a half ago, uh, we, we took the kids to Canada's Wonderland. I don't know how many of you guys are ride guys. Uh, when I was younger, I used to like rides a lot more. And I really felt my age this time as I was waiting in the line and I'm looking at the hill on the coaster. I was like, I don't think I should be up here. Um, this is, this isn't. And, um, but I pushed myself and, and I did it. And then the tallest ride at the park at Wonderland is called the Leviathan. It's over 300 foot hill, almost vertical, super fast. 
and somehow we convinced my wife Jessica to come on it with us. And my son, who's, who's uh, just graduated grade 8, he'd never been on a big roller coaster like that. And he was really nervous, but then he saw that his mom was going to do it. So then he, you know, so this is the power of relationships, right? It's like, well, if mom can do it, I can do it. And then his cousin, who's like shorter, uh, she's like, oh, this isn't bad. And so he's like, again, it's amazing how much uh, more willing we are to take a step into the unknown when we have people we trust with us, isn't it? It was awesome. We got up to the top of the hill, went down. Jessica was screaming her head off. I loved it. Every bit of it was amazing. And then my son Nathaniel was like, this is amazing. Let's go on this one and that one. So now I got someone to ride with. It was amazing. It was a great day. But it's, it's incredible what happens when you're with people. If you ever go to the gym and work out, uh, I, I do this. I'll go work out by myself and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's all I can do. And then if you're there with a friend and you're like pushing each other, you do so much more. That's the power of climbing with other people. That's the power of relationship and community. That's one of the things we hope this church will be. A place of community and connection for everybody. Where we have people in our corner going, you can take this next step of faith and we've got your back. So, so important. Here's the last one. I know I'm going long, so let's, let's wrap it up here. I think this is the thing that really got me through the whole course. Knowing that I was tethered to something stable. When I got out on that bridge and I was swinging and I looked down and I thought I could die. And I looked up and I went, no, I'm connected to a wire. And this harness is strong and it's been tested. And I thought, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. And knowing that you are tethered to something stable gives you the confidence and faith to move forward. Am I right? And this is not only true about rope climbing, but this is true about life. When you and I know for a fact that God is with us, when you know for a fact that we have people in your corner... When we are tethered to something stable, it gives us the confidence to move forward. Two things that we could tether to. Obviously, um, God's presence. And, and this is one, I, I just did a quick uh, survey of the scriptures. There's just three passages, if you throw those up. Um, the first is Jacob. So this is before Moses, before the nation of Israel. This is what God says to Jacob. Behold, I am what? With you. And I will keep you wherever you go. Number of centuries later, he's talking to the nation of Israel, you know, and he says this, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will be your rest. And you're like, oh, well, that's an Old Testament thing. Actually, no, in the New Testament, Jesus said this to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. He said, behold, I am. Are you seeing a theme? All right. Through every Testament, through everything that God did, the consistent theme is God's like, I will be with you. Click on to him. And i got to make sure that I don't drift and unhook and go off. Because I've done that before, and maybe some of you have too. It's like, yeah, I think I got this. And we just unclick, and we start doing things we shouldn't do. But being tethered to something stable is so, so important. And, and again, that's why I love uh, seeing the baptism videos that we just saw a few minutes ago. These are young people who are just making a statement that I want my life to be tethered to God. I trust in Jesus. And no matter what happens, and they'll have their ups and downs, and they, they may stray and come back, and all of those things we, we recognize. But it's a statement to say, I want to be tethered to Him. And this is why, uh, as we go through life, one of the most important things we can do is, is read this book. To open up the scriptures, and to understand who God is, and what He's said, what His promises to us are. Because when you're blowing around, flapping in the wind, thinking you're going to die, those are the things that are going to tether your soul. To God and to, to your faith, okay? i got to end with one promise. I'll, I'll love this. Uh, this is a great graduation verse. I think Jeremiah 29, 11. I'll throw it up. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you. 
And this, this verse is really about God's heart towards us. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. When this was written, the nation of Israel was not in a good place. And God's like, I want good for you. I have good plans for you. Will you tether yourself to me? Will you walk in the way that's right? Will you take your next step of faith? And I promise you I'll be with you. And I have a good future and a hope for you. So I hope that's encouraging to our graduates, but also for every person. Because as I said, it's easy to get to be 40 or 50 years old and just to stop progressing. You're like, you know what? I got enough faith. I got enough education. I got enough friends. I'm fine. I'm comfortable. And you just sit on a lazy boy and nothing happens. But God is constantly calling his people to level up, to go higher, to trust him again, to reach out and share their faith. So uh, with that, let me pray. And I'm going to ask Andrew to come up and close us out with some announcements. Heavenly Father, thank you for our graduates once again. We want to be a church that celebrates people taking their next step of faith, in their education, in their relationships, in their family. And God, I pray today that as we put our hands behind these students and and encourage them and lift them up as they step out, Lord, that you would also call us higher. Higher in our faith, higher in our character, higher in 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 our knowledge and our love for you and for others. Lord, help us to be the kind of people who are willing to take the next step to put one foot in front of the other and to trust you with what's next, knowing we're tethered to you. I pray, Lord, today that if there's any person listening to me today that has never that has never connected their life and heart to you and trusted in you with their life, to make you their foundation, that they would do so today. Father, thank you that you are secure, immovable, never changing, and that when we connect ourselves to you, we know we are connected to something stable. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.